Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where you are joining us in rediscovering the ancient way. We are so excited to have you along today. I am so incredibly excited. I want to use an old term back in the day. I am so stoked. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm losing my mind. Um, let me tell you why. I am, I am recording in a brand new microphone and I am so... <laughs> I'm like a little child today. I am recording on an actual, legitimate, broadcasting condenser microphone. I haven't used one of these since I did radio... How many, how many years ago now? 10, 11, 12? I don't know. And there's just something about this type of experience that I thrive in. I'm wearing headphones. I have like legitimate devices going. And that may seem really silly to you, and I understand if that's true. But there's just something that is distinct when you do something well. Now, I'm not obsessed with that. The Lord has freed me of that. That used to be my main problem, which is why God had to tear that down out of my life. Praise the Father that He did that. But He is a Redeemer. And if He's given us ability, He's given us some sort of an unction that originates in Him... He can redeem that when we lay it down, should it become an idol in our life, and He brings it back to life. He breathes life into it. When we dedicate it to Him, present it unto Him, man, what can He do with anything in our life that is according to that principle? So here at the Path to Zion podcast, we are rediscovering the ancient way. This broadcast is about a year and a half old now. Thank you so much for listening wherever you are. Today is very distinct because I'm at home presently by myself. I have just set up this microphone. It's only been out of the box for mere moments. We opened it up briefly last night when it came. Boy, a house full of people, so I didn't have time or ability to, to give myself to it. I just wanted to see it. We put it back in the box and put it in the other room. Well, I got it out this morning, and man, it is, it is operational, and I'm telling you, I am so excited and, and bless the Lord for the, the financial blessing of people that may be you that has given actual dollars for this device. I'm telling you, it humbles me to no end that anyone would give a nickel to me as an individual to accomplish the work of the Lord that I've been called to do. Man, I'm telling you, thank you does not even cover it. Listen, I don't want to ramble on too long. I want to get right into the text. Now, this is brand new. Um, as I've been always talking about with great frequency and regularity, I have so many things um, that are more teaching-based, not mere commentary, that have been... I have pages and pages and pages of so many things set aside to get onto the broadcast in a, in a more in-depth form than just conversation that I have just not been able to get to. Um, and so maybe, maybe these things are on the immediate horizon as I get some end-of-summer things done and accomplished here at our farm to kind of move us into a, a soon-coming winter season. But this morning, man, um, there's a brother here at our house last night, and, and, and he's just somebody who I just really honor and revere and... Um, when he speaks, man, he has my full attention. And I was sharing the word of my testimony because, as you know, again, if you're a regular listener, 
this time a year ago, almost to the day, um, right at Yom Teruah of, of last year, my wife and I were immersed, mikvahed, baptized. It was a huge event in our life. It was a real catalyst to shift us like across the threshold um, and into a whole world of new things for us. Uh, it had a great cost. It, it was painful and beautiful, all intimately intertwined together. It was wonderful. Um, but that being said, I was sharing a little bit in our gathering here at our home yesterday about reflecting upon one year ago today and so what Yom Teruah trumpets means to me. If you don't know, it, it was yesterday, um, Rosh Hashanah, it's, it's all these things that I don't have time to go into today. Um, but I was just sharing the significance about how I went back to that water. We were baptized, mikvahed, immersed in a mountain stream about 30 minutes from our home here. It was a beautiful, perfect day, and I went back probably, I don't know, as months afterwards, I was driving up that way for work, and I just stopped um, by myself to kind of reminisce a little bit and go back and just sit beside the water and remember. And I, as I did that, and I was explaining this yesterday, one of the things that struck me, and I believe this is a previous podcast episode, if you want to go dig through and find it, I don't even remember. I think it was called Living Waters is what coming to my memory. And I remember that day just the significance of the waters that I was looking at months later. Everything looked the same. Water levels were a little bit higher, but otherwise the rocks were in the same place, the trees, the path to get down to the river. All these things, of course, were um, identical to our experience months previous at that time of getting in that water. But what struck me is I was just praising the Lord and asking God what He wanted to show me in that moment. Why am I here? What are you doing? What are you saying to me? I just was struck with the reality that, Joel, those waters that you're looking at, they do look the same, but they are in fact <laughs> in, in absolutely new waters. Living waters, and that's why the mikvah reality, the baptism reality, ideally and originally had to be in water that was moving. We've lost a lot of these things now, and again, this is not some doctrine or anything like, well, oh my gosh, I was baptized in a baptismal pool in 150-year-old Baptist water. <laughs> I'm not saying that that is all of a sudden negated or of no value, but what I am saying is there was a scriptural understanding of the living water reality way before Yeshua the Messiah came. Again, this is no, no new revelation that was inserted when John the Baptist was, was declaring the coming king. This was something that had always been in place for many, 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 many years and generations. And the living water reality said what? It said all of these things that are going into the water are being moved away. And that's what I want to talk about for a few minutes. And well, why did you mention that brother that was at your home yesterday? Because as I shared my testimony in this specific part about the living water reality and the, and the significance of that water that was there when I was in it is probably somewhere now in the ocean in the sea. And as I say that, as I talked to my wife this morning, I had this thought of like the whole thing about being cast into the sea. Your sins as far as the east is from the west. We've taught on that here before as well. What that really meant 
when people years ago read that and understand the east from the west reality and the distance and what that really meant. But without getting sidetracked again, he told me to look into this word called tashlik. It's a Hebrew word, tashlik, T-A-S-H-L-I-C-H. He said, Joel, after you shared that part of your testimony, brother, why don't you consider looking into that? And so I woke up this morning thinking about it, and I did a very topical study on this tradition, this, this activity called tashlik. And what's interesting about it is the first place that I landed at where, where this is discussed in any kind of way is Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 1. And there's so many things within this. Again, the Word of God is full of layers and full of opportunities of depth and understanding for us to dig out, find, and add to our lives. And it's broad. It's so broad. And so we're just going to take a little piece out of this, a compartment, if you will, within this text specifically, and talk about that for just a few, a few moments. I'm only going to read a verse or two at first. But man, this morning during our whiteboard teaching is what I made this for our Facebook thing that we post most days, which again just is our what our family does. It's not anyway. It's just what we do. So I was I was doing this teaching time with my wife and my son, and man, as I was just sharing that out of my mouth, I was just so stirred emotionally at what I was reading, and I just kept reading, kept reading, and kept reading. Where again in Nehemiah chapter eight. So I have none of this written down. I don't have anything um, really organized or anything like that. But man, when I shared it with my family, I was so moved. I said, I've got to record this today. I've got to give myself to what the Spirit is saying in this text, and in this Tashlik. There's something about it. And I just want to Give it an opportunity to see if we can knock on the door and the Lord would open up something to us. So, in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 1, All the people gathered as one man in one accord at the square which was in front of the water gate. And they asked Ezra, the scribe, the Torah teacher. They asked him to bring the book of the law of Moses which the Lord had given to Israel. Then Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men, women, and all those who could listen with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. And so, again, you've got to know a little bit, and I'm not going to go into all the background, but this, this specifics within this to make this connection today is this Tashlik, is they were, they were positioned geographically. They, they gathered and assembled at the water gate. Okay, so if you look into this, there's this, pavilion area, this open space, if you will, and they gathered there in front of this water gate. And what they would do is they would cast bread and, and they would like shake their garments. They would shake the, the, the corner tassels, the zitziot of their garments. Um, they would shake it off and they would make sure that it was clean, that there was nothing on their garments. And all these things had such significance and purpose and in this case specifically, it was also traditional to cast bread out into the water. The activity was known as tashlik, which comes from the Hebrew word that means to cast. It was meant to represent the casting of one's sins to be cleansed. You, you, you did something to signify that you have something on your garment. You have something... Wait, how many layers do we go into all this? <laughs> 
So let's just stick with the bread. So you throw it into the water. It's cast in and it's so, the imagery is so good for me in my baptismal mikvah reality a year ago of how I felt that when I came out of that water, man, I was clean. The New Testament talks about how the baptism is what? It is an appeal to God for a clear conscience, a sprinkling of our conscience, a cleaning of our literal mind and understanding and identity of how we ourselves approach the Father with what? Clarity of mind, sound mind, clear conscience, the ability to go to the Father, what? Boldly approach His throne. Boldly approach His throne. Well, why? Because I'm clean. I'm washed. I'm cleansed. And, I, and I, one thing that stuck out to me, and I don't have time to go into why, but the people, they would gather in one accord. Uh, um, another version says that they would come together as one man. And this is the Hebrew word echad. Echad, as in Yahweh God, is one. So these people would gather what? In one accord as one man. Does that sound familiar? I thought that was a New Testament idea, right? I thought that the upper room reality was like something new. Now, just to insert this, in case you weren't following along with the program back when I did the Passover teaching stuff, one of the things that stuck out to me then was that the people who were gathered in one accord, they were doing the counting of the Omer. They had something in common. They had something shared where they were counting the days a two up to an event. And, and it coincided with what? Yeshua's promise of the Holy Spirit coming. Look, power is coming. Power is coming. Power is coming. So people gathered in one accord as the Echad people, one man, one individual identity, what? Captivated by the works of eternal Yahweh God and the promises and the prophecies of, of what what. Yeshua the Son said, is coming. And as I said then, I will say again now, I am fully convinced the people were saying, those set apart remnant of the remnant, because you're talking multitudes of people in the city to celebrate the feast. What were they celebrating? They were celebrating Shavuot, Pentecost. Pentecost didn't start in Acts. It was already something the people of God were already recognizing and gathering in one accord as the Echad people of God already, but the remnant small number were gathering in a specific place set apart even further. Man, there's so much within this. They were fixed and fascinated on the promise of the coming king the returning king, and what was going to happen in between the where he was and when he would return? The promise. The promise is coming. And you know what? I am so convinced they were saying, I bet it's going to be at, Shavu at Shavuot. I bet it's going to be, I bet it's coming at Pentecost. And that's so powerful to me. And, and so in, in light of that, these people gathering as a one man in one accord in Nehemiah chapter 8. So it's worth noting that this is just one of the many examples of how the New Testament church was no new idea whatsoever. What it was, was a continuance of what was already in place and well understood for the people of God, what was already established, and it moved into the then 
Now, if that makes sense, the, the present moment reality of what they had already been doing on the other side, out through the other side, if you will, of the Messiah, the Son, coming to fulfill and birth what? An opportunity for those who could not come in before in the same manner, full of the Spirit and all these things we could explain. The new and living way reality not a new idea. See, this the verbiage has got to be explained. Not new. We hear new. Oh, kill the old. Do away with the old. Like, we have got to give ourselves to the proper understanding of what that is, in fact, even saying to properly understand these texts. But to stick to this completely, because we're already 16 minutes in, the casting, the tashlik, was to... It was traditionally done and carried out on Rosh Hashanah, okay? It was, it was traditionally done, and let's just use the calendar, and I know everybody's on different calendars and this and that and the other, but just for clarity, without everybody getting hung up on everything, and or being the one who says, well, you can't know anyway, so who cares, right? It doesn't matter. That is no solution either, as I always like to clarify. But it was interesting that it was always done on Rosh Hashanah, okay? But... When it fell, when Rosh Hashanah fell on Shabbat, you did it the day after. Now, interestingly, that's this year. I find that very interesting. These things are not all happenstance, right? We step back and we just raise our hands and we say, Holy cow, Yahweh, you blow my mind with how you lead us to your truth in these times and seasons according to your ways. And I don't even know it. <laughs> I don't even know it until what? We dig and we dig and we dig and a brother comes and says a word and, and we respond to that and we look and we study to show ourselves approved and what? Revelation comes. Truth is like an explosion in our hearts. Not just in our intellect and in our mind and all of a sudden we know something and we add it to a list. No, something in our heart is ignited. Right? And so when, when this Tashlik fell, um, um, when, it was, when Rosh Hashanah fell on a Shabbat, like yesterday, they would do it the day after, which would be today on the calendar. Like, that blows my mind. And so here's the culmination of what I'm saying. I encourage you to do something today. I encourage you to do something. Now, I realize the, the church of 2020, the, the, the Jesus... Everything's super spiritual. Everything now is spiritually metaphoric. Everything in the Old Testament is, is just nothing. It was just a mere foreshadow. And foreshadows just need forgotten. That's just silliness. Or that's just ritual. Or that's just man's traditions. Oh, man. Listen, if you knew me, and some of you who listen to this program do know me, if you only knew how hard I used to be on the traditions of men. Because when I came out of the church and, and the Father opened up my eyes to the religious system and all of, the, all of the error within her, because again, I was on staff at two different churches and I saw it for what it was, and I would call it out, and woo boy, it often did not go well. You just don't do that, Joel. Well, here's the problem. I came out of that. Well, the problem was it just... It didn't work, and praise the Father, it didn't, because I came out of it, I unplugged from all of it in a 10-second version, threw it all away. 
gave up. The church is wrong. The church that, that I read about in this book, the Bible, is not the church I've ever known. Ever. It's not right, and I'm not doing it anymore. I quit. Literally, I quit. And so, in that undoing, but staying close, intimate with my king, he redeemed, here we are again, he redeemed what was wrong with the church, capital C, her, the body, by what? By opening my heart again to believe in faith that, you know what, God? I can't get away from this because I have to believe this is possible because you say this is your body. This is how your church will function. This is the value of the congregation. This is the importance of gathering together. What? Echad. One. As one man in one accord, fueled, empowered, and sourced in the spirit of the living God. And when I began, this is years ago, of course, now, when I began to open myself to dare to believe is the verbiage that the Lord gave me, when I began to dare to believe that men could be godly and men could be in order and men could be humble and in submission, even in a function and a, quote, position, something in my life began to shift and began to change. And guess what else, too? I was given a function. Me. I was given a function that I had not found or discovered previously. Why? I wasn't ready. I was given a title. I was this. I was that. I could do this well or whatever. But I mean a God-given, a God-extended function like the Bible talks about. Those things need to remain. And so today, in light of that principle, if nothing else, what do we do with these things that we read and that we study of the people of God who have preceded us, things that they used to do? And you know what? What about just saying, if nothing else, God, I am open to do something. I believe that something about aligning my faith with an action burst something supernatural, perhaps even in me. Not to mention others, not to mention the broad scope reality of doing that alongside the brethren. Let's just start individually. So do something today. Do something possibly even to demonstrate casting your sins and your cares out into what? The living waters of the Messiah. I remember, man, how many times have I taught, if nothing else, in reference to the woman at the well? She's going and she's getting the water. You can go back and find episode after episode where I talk about this text in great length and, and the significances within the text. The woman came with a natural water pot to fill at the well. She meets the living water Messiah. She, she is offered this living water. She says, holy cow, are you kidding? This is for me? Even though you apparently you know me inside out, upside down, back, forth, up, down, left, right? And this is still for me? Okay, yes and amen, amen, holy cow. And she leaves her water pot behind and runs back to the city. Man, there's so much imagery within all these things we're told in the Word of God. What did she do? She cast her cares into the living waters that would never run dry. And therefore and thereby, because she did that, her natural water pot was left behind because it was deemed entirely unnecessary.
She did not need it any longer. Why? Everything that she was and all the things that Yeshua Messiah told her about her life, which is so much more than what's recorded, surely, because she said, he knows everything about me. And she, and now we, allow him, Yeshua the Messiah, to what? Carry it all away. But we have to cast it. We have to cast ourselves into the living waters. The living waters stay within a boundary. They stay within a bank, even in the natural. They stay within an area. You have got to get into the waters. You've got to cast something onto the surface of the water and let it go. Watch it go away. So today, would you at least consider doing action in your physical reality to represent literally what is true spiritually? Do you ever do anything like that? Is that just kind of hokey and weird and man, that even sounds a little bit mystic or something. Well, guess what? The Word of God is a mystical book because if you really look at mystical and the proper understanding of that, man, you're talking about a realm that's outside of your understanding. And the last time I checked, the Word of God tells us to not lean on our own understanding, but instead put on the mind of the Messiah. And guess what? He was... He was a mystical man. He was a supernatural God-man. So don't be afraid to take these ancient principles like this Tashlik and bring it into your present-day faith. It is part of the rediscovering the ancient way reality that we do here on this program that I tell to any individual who will listen that this is why these things matter. This is why these things need to be brought back up. Man, they need to be unearthed. It's just like the archaeological reality that goes on in Israel, or anywhere else in the world for that matter, where a team comes in with the proper tools and the proper understanding to sit down and willingly give themselves to chip away an inch at a time. To take a brush and take a little bit off of a corner of a platter and say, Hey, somebody help me identify. We found something here. Friends, that's the ancient way. And I'm telling you, it's been buried for so long. It's been buried so deep. Most people in the church of 2020 are completely and entirely ignorant of it. Myself included until the Lord began to open my eyes. So within this understanding today, this, this action of casting, casting, casting yourself and all that you are and everything that makes you you cast it out into the living water. Why? Because the water is ready to move it away and move it out. How incredibly deep are the ways of our awesome God? He's always been about our cleansing. The blood of the Son was no new idea. Y'all, what happened in the temple? What happened with the sacrifices? What happened with the buckets and buckets of blood that were offered into Yahweh God? There is nothing new about this. All it is is an invitation through the gate, the door, the way, the way, the truth, the life, the awesome, beautiful God-man coming and saying, Look, man, I am full of living water. You're looking at him, is what he told the woman at the well. You want to know about the Messiah? He's right here. And friends, I feel that as real as if he was sitting beside us at a well right now. The Messiah is saying, I am right here. I am within these living waters. 
All you have to do is move. All you have to do is cast your sin, your cares, your worries, your anxiety, your depression, your, your strongholds. All of these things we could spend all morning naming. Take these things, child, and cast them onto me into the living water. And I, I will, the waters will do what's necessary. The waters do what they do. The waters go where they will. The waters follow the channel that's been carved out for them in obedience to the path that they, in the boundary that they are within. Don't worry about all that. That is set. The Messiah is fully capable of being your mediator as we're promised in the scriptures. He's the mediator Messiah, suffering servant, king of all kings. He can handle it. So today, do the Tashlik. Cast. Cast. Cast something of yourself in its entirety into the living water reality. You're listening to the Path to Zion podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You can always find us at pathtozion.com. Find us on YouTube if you search for us. Subscribe to um, the email notification thing so that every time this posts, you get a notification in your email. And of course, if you want to do the Podbean app, that is where this broadcast is hosted. And so if you download the Podbean app for your device, for your cell phone or whatever you use, you will get notified every single time I hit post, and anything new that comes, comes there. Lastly, if you want us to come to where you are, please email us at pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. I will come and share any amount of anything I know with anyone who has ears to hear. Oh man, I didn't even get to the rest of the text. There's just not time. Is there time? Let's make time. I, okay, so like I hope you stuck around because this is so awesome, right? I'll paraphrase a lot of this. Ezra, the Torah teacher, the priest, he sits all the people down. He sits in front of the, he stands in front of the assembly. He's behind a wooden podium at the water gate. And they're doing all these things. He opens the book in the sight of the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stand, honor, reverence. The word of God is God himself. Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen. And they lifted up their hands and then they bowed down low and they worshiped Yahweh with their faces to the ground. He names all these people, including the Levites. They explained the law to the people while the people remained in their place and they read from the book from the law of God. They read the Torah translating, explaining to give sense so that they understood the reading. Friends, do you understand this? If you go back to chapter 8, verse 3, when Ezra's reading the book of the law, he read from it before the square, which was in front of the water gate, from early morning, from early daylight, until midday, in the presence of men and women and all those who could understand, and all the people were what? Attentive to the book of the law. Friends, man, I'm telling you, this should convict us to no end. I am in a group of people right now, and myself is, is very much included. We will stay all day long together when we gather on Shabbat. All day long. All day long. Willingly. Why? Because this is who we are. This is what we do. If you give yourself to a five-minute Bible study in the morning, and maybe a Wednesday night, Wednesday night service, if your church is even meeting... <laughs> 
Friends, we're, we, we've set the bar so low. Ezra would read this from daylight to midday, and the people sat locked in, attentive to the book of the law being written, writ, uh, read. Okay? He wasn't reading 1 John. He's not reading Revelation. He's reading what most of us would say, yawn. Are you serious? But what did they do? And then I'll close. Like David said, what did David say over and over again in the Psalms? Lord, I love your law. I love your law. I love your law. Friends, let's just be honest. We have lost that love. We see law as a detriment. We see it as a heavy burden, despite what the word itself says, which is this is not too burdensome for you. And friends, so let's insert ourselves. Oh, well, I'm just in Jesus now, brother. You're bound. You're bound. Okay, so do these people sound in bondage to you? In Nehemiah chapter 8. Do these people sound in bondage? As they raised their hands, shouted amen, bowed down low and worshipped Yahweh God with their faces to the ground and sat all day listening to a reading and then listening to the priests and, and others teach them and train them and give them understanding? Do they sound like a horrible people in bondage to you? Oh my goodness. We've got too many things wrong, but guess what? There's time to undo it. There's time for the Lord to redeem His ways in His people. So amen. Be blessed today. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, tune in for more episodes upcoming. Amen.